grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, the last Sunday in the church year, the epistle reading. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 to 11, especially these words. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. Dear friends in Christ, concerning the times, concerning the times, what time is it? What are the times in which we live in? Well, if you turn on the TV or the radio or go to a movie or do anything on the internet, you will know that we are living in the last times. We are living in the end times. The end of the world is coming. You better shape up. The end of the world is coming. We've only got 20 years left. I mean, we've only got 12 years left. I mean, we've only got 8 years left. The end of the world is at hand. You know what I'm talking about, right? When I was a kid, it was global cooling. And about 15 years ago, it was global warming. Well, since we can't make up our mind, we have this all-encompassing phrase called climate change. And because we have climate change, the end of the world is coming, and it's up to you to stop it. It's up to you and what you do and what you think and what you say, and especially how you vote and donate in order to push that doomsday clock a minute or an hour or a year later. Now, I'm not sure when it dawned on me. It was fairly recently. The light came on in my brain. I'll admit, some of these things, I'm a little slow. Maybe this revelation happened for you a long time ago. But it just happened for me. My friends, climate change is a religion. This is not science, although it includes some science. Climate change is a religion. You turn on the TV or you go to a movie and you have would-be evangelists preaching their message, their gospel to you. Greta Thunberg lectures you. How dare you? How dare you keep your thermostat a little bit warmer in the wintertime or a little bit cooler in the summertime? How dare you drive a gas-guzzling vehicle? How dare you not be aware of your carbon footprint? My friends... The gospel message that these climate change preachers preach is that the end of the world is coming. Change is coming. Whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not, it is coming. It's just a matter of when and how soon. Have you ever heard of 
Climate Gate. It's not up there with Watergate. Do a little Google search. We just had the 10-year anniversary of Climate Gate. Scientists uncovered a massive plot that all of this climate change stuff were based on faulty and skewed statistics. Doesn't change the message of the preachers, though, does it? Doesn't matter whether you're a Hollywood actor, Hollywood star, or a political candidate. The message from the climate change religion is always the same. Repent. Repent. You repent and believe the good news of climate change. You repent and join the right political party or vote the right way or make a big donation. Repent. Change your evil ways. These fire and brimstone preachers want to scare you into submission by preaching that the end of the world, that the sky is falling, or the oceans are rising. The message is always the same. Repent and believe that you can save the planet. What's the real problem? Well, it depends upon the, the, the different denomination of the climate change religion that you follow. The problem, overarchingly, is people. You're the problem. And there are some that would say the only way to solve this problem is to get rid of people. We have too many. And so they worship at their altar of climate change and celebrate their high and holy sacrament of abortion. Too many people. Let's keep the numbers down. Neuter your dogs, spay your cats, abort your children, save the planet. My friends, you know it's true. You hear it all the time. Maybe that, that light bulb didn't come off in, on in your head until right now. Maybe it's been on for a long time. Climate change is a religion. And you know, there's a lot of truth with many of the things that are said. It's not a bad thing to recycle your newspapers. It's not a bad thing to monitor your gas, gas mileage. It's not a bad thing to adjust your thermostat. It's not. But when these things become your God, then, then, we have a problem. There's a big fancy church word that maybe some of you are aware of. It's called eschatology. And eschatology is the study of the end times. Eschatology, the study of last things. 
What climate change has done is they have taken eschatology because there is a real study and a real science or religion of the end times. And they've given us eschatology without redemption. Eschatology without Jesus. Eschatology without hope. God's Word will not allow that to happen to you. God's Word will not allow you to be driven to despair by these would-be preachers. God's Word wants you to have hope. True hope. Not some pie-in-the-sky hope, but a real hope. God's Word will not sugarcoat anything. The end of the world is coming. The end of the world is coming. There is a limit to the number of days. God knows it. God's in control of it. God has told us, and He wants us to be ready. He wants us to be awake. He wants us to be sober. Not, not drunk with the latest scientific or political fad. Not sleeping to the Word of God, which teaches us what will happen on the last day. God's Word is clear. It's not that you need to be told all over again, Paul says sarcastically to the First Corinthians people, or First Thessalonians people. These folks were so mixed up on the last day, many of them had quit their job and were sitting around waiting for Jesus to show up. Jesus says, you are children of the light, not of the darkness. You are children of the light. So walk in the light. What light is he talking about? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. The light of Jesus lightens us with the light of his truth, his word that he has given us. God sent Jesus into the world. Verse 9, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. God saw our miserable plight. He saw how we had ruined His perfect world and His perfect creation. You want to talk about climate change? That's what happened when Adam and Eve brought sin into this world. Genesis chapter 3. The whole world changed. The whole world is groaning in expectation and anticipation of the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. God sent His Son into this world to redeem us, to redeem the world, to buy us back. Not with gold or silver, but with His holy precious blood and His innocent suffering and death. Jesus took all of our false idols into Him and onto Him as He bled and died the death we deserved. For all of the times we have not cared about God's creation and we have abused God's gifts 
to us, polluting the air, polluting the water, wasting God's resources that He has given to us. He has taken these sins into Himself. For all of the times when we have worshipped at a false altar, whether that be an altar of climate change or an altar of a political hero, all of these sins Christ has bled and died for. Christ. Christ has bled even for our obsession with the slaughter of innocent children and our inability as Christians to open up our mouths and say enough, enough, enough. My friends, Christ really did come into this world. Christ really took on flesh and blood. Christ really lived a perfect life, fulfilling it for you and me and the whole world. Christ really, body and soul, went to the cross, bleeding and dying on an old rugged cross. Christ really died. Christ really, physically, rose from the dead three days later. Forty days after His glorious resurrection, Christ really, physically, ascended to the right hand of God. Christ has not left us as orphans. He says, wherever my word is proclaimed in its truth and purity, wherever my gifts, my sacraments are administered according to my command and promise, there I am with you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And Christ says that when the time is right, the bridegroom, Jesus, soon will come. Jesus will return in power and might and glory. The world as we know it, heaven and earth, will pass away. This is not a metaphor. This is not a simile. This is why God does not want us to cling too tightly to the things of this world. The things of this world will be destroyed. God will create a new heaven and a new earth. He doesn't give us this message to scare us. He gives us this message to comfort us. To give us peace. We have nothing to worry about and nothing to fear with regard to the end of the world because all of us who are in Christ Jesus have forgiveness, life, and salvation. God has prepared a mansion since before He created the world, a mansion for all of His children where we will live with Him in peace and joy forever. Behold, the prophet Isaiah says, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. My friends, the world would have us be frightened into false belief. Some preachers would have you frightened into false belief. God's word for you today is a word of peace 
and comfort and joy. Yes, Christ is coming. Yes, Christ wants us to be ready. Yes, the end of the world is at hand. The Hollywood stars and the politicians will say, you can change it. You can fix it. You can stop it. My friends, the end of the world is coming and there is nothing you can do about it. And there is nothing you need do about it. Cling to the Word of God. Cling to the promises of God. Enjoy all of the first article gifts that God has given you. Be good stewards of your body, of your possessions, of the earth. This is a good and God-pleasing thing. But there's no need to worship it. All that we have and all that we are are gifts from God. My friends, don't be afraid. Don't be panicked. The last Sunday of the church year, the first Sundays in Advent, God fixes our eyes on the end of the things that we know and the advent of the things to come. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You are in Christ's hands. The nail-scarred hands of the Savior. Rejoice. There is no safer place to be in the entire world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.